Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey, Rush Nation, before we get to today's show, which is an absolute banger, trust me on this, I want to tell you about the Fantasy Football Playbook. Murph and I have been working really hard, blood, sweat and tears have been pushed into our first publication. It's a book about fantasy football. Shock, this is a fantasy football podcast, but it's got strategy guides for all formats, rookie player profile reviews, Murph's PAS metric, which is exclusive to the podcast and the book. Head over to fiveyardrush.co.uk into the shop and go buy yourself the Fantasy Football Playbook. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? We're back Tuesday. Murph has upgraded his crib, and now he's running two computers. Not only does he have the one in front of himself that we can see on the video show today, he is propped up in the west wing of Murphit Manor there. The library's looking pretty fine. Mac over his right shoulder as I look at him. Big man, how you doing, bro? <laughs> yeah, these are my backgrounds, which I use for work as a bit of a, a talking point. Um, which is all good, so I enjoy those um, and have them, and it's good for good for clients. But I, I'm all good. How how are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I mean, I'm enjoying the uh, the football season's back underway. Well, not season, but we're, we're finally seeing some actual practice, and with that comes injuries. So we do have a not a whole load, but more than we'd like to say about injury news coming up, especially to one of my boys, who. I'm pretty sure he's completely now made of biscuit and is very close to being just thrown into the bin. But we'll talk about that when we get there. We do have some giveaway winners to announce. Winners of the Black Book. Murph, who won it? Well, we're going to draw it live on oh, the on, on the pod. So 
Um, I have a little wheel in front of me. Um, I'm just checking to see that I haven't left anybody off. I didn't realize that was what you were feverishly working away on there. I, I yeah. thought you were some last-minute news prep. No, I'm double-checking to ensure I didn't miss anybody off the list. Um is still just going through the final check. So why don't we talk about the listener leagues first, just while I do the final checks and make sure I haven't missed anybody. Um, so with regards to the listener league spots, they filled up extremely quickly. There is just uh, four remaining spots for the auction, which are at a set time. Um, so you will need to use the code that we gave you last week, which is hashtag let me in. Um, and then obviously it's going to be a dependent time that that works. And if you can't make it, then we'll have to, to swap it out. There might be a potential for one more league because there's a concept of no. scene that interests no. me. <laughs> um, that I want to try as a concept, but um, I'm debating that one and we'll see what happens. But anyone left over, then we'll, we'll probably uh, do that and uh, and see what happens. But yeah, I, th- I think it's been um, a really, really good uh, response. We're really pleased that people are interacting with the pod. Um, mm-hmm. Would be really good to get some reviews while we're asking. You know, we're giving a lot away now, um, which is great. Um, but what we also need is a little something in return. So the couple of things that people can do um for us having joined our listener leagues or listening to this with any enjoyment the first is non um non-payment at all it's purely just can you please give us a review so go on to apple podcasts or whatever podcast uh platform you use and just leave us a a five-star review it really makes a huge difference to our algorithm and we haven't charted quite as high as we normally do despite um them going up um, in terms of plays and that's mostly down to the fact that um, we've not had as many reviews recently in fact I don't think we've had any for about three months which is and we haven't asked so we've been a bit lazy but please can we have more people uh, than ever just write us a review if you've written us a review um, can you borrow your wife's phone or partner's phone or uh, flatmates or whatever uh, don't break any social distancing guidelines and, and put a review and then those of us those of you that are really enjoying the the content um, you know we do have a, a Patreon and we are going to launch a, a Patreon league for our patrons versus the staff at this moment but if we fill out enough then it'd be a pure Patreon league and there'll be a really top prize uh, in that so if you want to win a really good prize um, and support the podcast then please join our Patreon um and you'll get access to a lot of really cool content which is already on there projections um there's some books on there already that you can get access to that we've kind of had permission to share um and some good content already but there's also plenty plenty more to come especially as the season starts up so please sign on to the to the patreon to do that 100 percent. the uh i would like to shout out rush nation you've been immense in on the clocking people in our listener leagues keeping it moving along fairly swiftly if you're in the idp one i would beg that you make it move a little faster because i'm picking on the turn and and one pick a day because their joint is is hard going so if you're in the idp one let's let's get it chugging along but everybody else has done remarkably well in on the clocking everybody else uh, i would like to apologize for my eight hour or three hour absence the other day i was uh 
got a little heated in the estate round here and the, the police turned up and it was all very exciting. So if you saw the video in the group chat, you're welcome. But otherwise, yeah, apologies for that. But it's, it's unusual for us to, to take a little while. So I'm sure you can understand that something was going down. I mean, it, it was literally me watching from the balcony with popcorn, but this sort of stuff doesn't happen every day. So there wasn't any popcorn. That, that's a lie. I was just watching. <laughs> Uh, yeah and we appreciate we appreciate everyone joining um i think the spirit of the listener league to, has been fantastic um so a quick update um in terms of where we are we launched immediately uh three of the five listener leagues um because we did one already in advance um already which stocks is managing and then the next one will start on monday and then which has blown the minds of people um i said it'd be crazy i'm not going to describe it because it would take too long um and then there's also the auction league which we'll do towards the beginning of the season we also kicked off our champion of champions um that kicked off this week we kicked off our president's trophy versus the boys over at ftls and we're in the midst of of that we've got the last um book leagues drafting um in fact one's finished so we're literally just finishing a draft for the last book league we did six seven eight ten of those ten book leagues for all our people who bought the book so we've done a lot of leagues i've worked out we've done over 25 leagues Yay. Um, so far it's <laughs> a lot of leagues a lot of drafts I, so. I, I i genuinely thought last year we did enough leagues and this year we've we've blown the lid right off of that powder keg and we've expanded into uh, lord only knows but Absolutely. If, if you were in the FFCC and you don't have a copy of the Fantasy Playbook and you thought about it, but you weren't sure and you didn't know there was an FFCC t-shirt, well, guess what? There's a bundle deal now. And for £25, you can get yourself an FFCC t-shirt in red or white and a copy of the playbook for just 25 quid plus. I think it's £2 postage. So, yeah, 27 quid and you get the book and the t-shirt. Smashing deal. And we thought, what better way to... to amalgamate the two and do a little deal and our boy Lee hooked us up with a decent graphic as always so yeah it's on the website fiveyardrush.co.uk and you can get yourself a bundle deal absolutely so we will share those out and speaking of the book nice segue there and we're going to announce the the three winners of the playbook slash fantasy black book uh, combo and if you've got a copy of the the playbook then at least you get the the black book so um, they're digital copies and so they're going to get across to you fairly instantly once we get in touch um so i'm going to click the wheel of names very long listed names of people who entered thank you so much for everybody who who entered not just the people who replied to the tweet but those that sent us the code privately as well um and so with that i'm pulling the first name out now it is a random wheel and Matt Inkster. Matt Inkster, I know who has bought the book, but he's now got a a second copy of it and a copy of the Black Book. So congratulations to Matt there. Pulling the second name now. I feel like we need some funky lift music. That sort of thing. How big's the wheel? (laughs) It's a fairly decent size. So Mark Mark Duffy is our second winner. Uh, Mark, I think Mark's girlfriend bought a copy of the book for him for a Father's Day present, if I remember rightly. And so he now has another copy and a copy of the Black Book. So congratulations, Mark. I know you're listening. Here we go. Third wheel. Surely this is it spinning. Yeah. I'm watching Murph's eyes go round and round and round. <laughs> Come and on. the Swindon Steam from the uh, BFFFL. So 
congratulations to them. They have the third copy, so we'll be firing that across to them as well. So congratulations to all our winners. Uh, appreciate uh, you entering, and I hope you look forward to your copy of the, the Black Book. Marveloso. Right, Rush Nation, let's do some news. Basically talking about injuries, as I alluded to at the top of the show. First off, Alex Smith, congratulations, my friend. You have stepped back onto the football field. The the stuff he has gone through since breaking his leg is horrific. I think it's something like 13 or 17 surgeries, infected wounds. If you see him walk, it's pretty gingerly. Um, I, I... I'm not sure if he'll ever play another snap again, but he's uh, he, he's been activated and he's, he's back in the squad. Yeah, he, he, um, an amazing story. If anyone saw the documentary about what he's had to come through, uh, it's quite incredible, actually, what he had to do to just get to this stage. And um, skin graft upon skin graft. And uh, I, I'm, I'm still a bit skeptical. Like, I... I appreciate that he has passed medicals to say that he is physically able to play. And listen, I don't think anybody wants him to play and succeed. Probably, I don't know, that's not true more than I, but I'm, I'm, you know, I like Alex Smith. I think he's been a consummate professional in this league. I think he's a very good guy. And he, I think the work he's done to get to this stage where it looked like he could lose his leg entirely is incredible. I don't think he is in a position where I think he can take any more weight or tackles on that leg. And honestly, I would like him to, you know, maybe if he can get on the field and maybe he can play with some great protection for a sign off game. I don't know. Um, I really just, what I don't want to see is, is a tackle and him lose that leg. Mm. It just needs to be one throw, doesn't it? Just, just get out there for one snap, make a throw and, well, I, I think if you're playing behind a good offensive line and it's a, a week 17 game and there's not a lot on the line kind of thing, and I think the opposition could probably, I don't want to say take it easy, but would pull out in that sort of circumstance if there wasn't a lot to play for. I think it, that that's the kind of scenario. I think it would be great to see him on the field. I don't know about wanting to see him on the field every week. Um, and Do I don't you... really want to watch that injury that could be. And, and, and maybe... Maybe that leg's a lot stronger than we give it credit for, but from some of the pictures I've seen, I'm, I'm not overly confident. I, I think the best place for him to play a game of football would be in the Pro Bowl. Just everybody vote him Perfect. into the Pro Bowl because then he can't be sacked. And then it's it's ideal yeah. send-off at the end of the season. Jobs are good and then and he'll get in because everyone wants to see him play, which everyone clearly does. And listen, he's making £16 million this year, right? So he can be on the roster this year. He can help Dwayne Haskins, who is a rookie QB, who needs well he's not a rookie anymore but he effectively he is and and could do with some tutelage and he's got Carl Allen there as well and I think he could be a great quarterback for the year effectively be an auxiliary coach and help those two guys out and earn a lot of money to do so and I think that would be a really good way and then yeah maybe he plays a quarter or something or some meaning you know maybe even the last drive of of week 17 with not a lot on the line kind of thing i don't know something to to reward him for that i think would be a really fitting way for him to end his career he could be a lot better than than we think but i just don't i don't want him to have that career ending injury so yeah all the best is it's great to see him get to even this far 100 percent. right moving on Jalen Hurd, we saw tweets for, I can't remember when this was now, a couple of days ago, there was tweets and Facebook images that came out of Jalen Hurd has apparently 
had done his ACL in training. I don't know whether the MRI results have come back to confirm this yet, but there was a picture of him laying on the floor at practice, and uh, that's not good news considering he was expected to take a larger role going into this season with Debo Samuel out and the receiving options without Emmanuel Sanders dwindling, shall we say, and then obviously Jalen Hurd now possibly ACL. Not looking good for Jalen Hurd if that's the case. I think Jalen Hurd has the potential to be one of those players that we are very excited to see who might never see the field of play in, in mm. the NFL. You know, lost his entire rookie season to injury. If it is the ACL that people are reporting, that's a, an, another year gone. Getting into year three in the NFL without playing a snap is a very, very difficult place to... And coming off the injuries he has, I'm not so sure he is perhaps going to be the player that we hoped he would be in the NFL. Um, and I really hope that's not true. And, you know, when I say these things, I don't say them with any joy or with any kind of uh, outlook. I just look at them from a perspective of what's happened previously. And we've had players with immense talent never make the field because they've never been fit enough. And, you know, Darius guys for, for different reasons, but, he, you know, he was a forget what the transgressions now. And I'm not saying forget them from a perspective of what he's done isn't bad because it is. I'm just saying that if, you know, he didn't really play much in his first two years and he has the talent and Jalen Hurd, you know, hasn't had any game time. And, you know, there was another, a rookie who got cut from the Bengals or not rookie, but it was a rookie last year, Rodney Anderson, who got cut for similar reason, didn't play, failed a medical this year. He's been cut. And there are, unfortunately, this is the, the brutal part of this sport that people um, perhaps over here, take a little bit for granted because you know we have a lot of people here they play rugby and they play through a lot of injuries you know it's such a technical sport in many different ways to rugby because of the prescriptive plays and the the pressure the stop start is actually worse because the way that hamstrings get tweaked especially for wide receiver positions kickoff returns uh, etc that any of those speed guys like a Jalen Hurd like a Darius guys they rely on Achilles. They rely on hamstrings a lot more than perhaps you would in, in rugby to a certain degree. And it's the stop start nature that puts you in that red zone. And, you know, once you've, once you've torn your Achilles once it, it repairs, but it never repairs to the same strength. And that muscle is significantly weakened. You do that time and time and time again, you're always prone to snap it. And, you know, same with the MCL, you, you know, you would know that the ACL as well. Once you've done it, it's significantly weaker and you're prone to make that injury again. And that's why you get these guys like Hurd who, who might not play in the NFL because of the injuries. It's, it's such a brutal sport, not just from the tackling impact, but the physical impact of the sprints and the stop start nature of it does put a lot of additional uh, pressure on the body than you would perhaps anticipate. And, Jalen Hurd is an example of someone who, who might not ever recover and it, it would be a shame because he's got a massive talent yeah 100% it's like you said it is the stop start nature but it's also the fact that every player is run at 100% there's no whereas in football uh, soccer for those who don't call football the, the real football and, and rugby and games that are a constant it's you can slow down and there's a jog and a walk and, and a slow manoeuvre, whereas American football, as soon as the play starts, the finish is 100%. Even if you're running, it's very, it's, it's very rare that you only give 50% on, on a route or a block because the, the play is so short. It's, it's like Murph says, start to finish 100%. And when you are so highly strung, like Murph said again, in the wide receiver department, that's why we see so many hamstrings and ACLs because everything is right on a knife edge to start with. And then... They, they just go snap and it's unfortunate that 
Jalen Hurd could possibly miss this season as well. Moving on to somebody who snaps like a, uh, oh, I should have had a good biscuit analogy here, like a bit of short bed or something. It's AJ Green, the the fantasy nation world universe was back on the AJ Green train. Oh, yeah, I am, love the boy. Murph wasn't, but he, he's one of the anchors holding this thing down to earth. It hasn't taken off properly. And uh, AJ Green, yeah, pictured with a tweaked hamstring in practice this week and yeah I mean it's pretty much every year since 2015 or something that AJ Green's had something issue and it's not good to see him coming off a year off with a leg injury and now he's he's got an injured hamstring again apparently this is not good news if you've drafted any AJ Green We're not, no reports out yet of how severe it is but not looking good for the Cincinnati Bengals number one wideout. yeah I, th- I, th- I think people have been served a reminder as to um, AJ Green and you know, I, I like the player, and, and every time I talk about AJ Green, I know I give you some stick for him. I, I do it not from a perspective of I don't like the player and I don't like to see these injuries, but at the same token, someone put in our staff group, and I went, "Well, what year is this? Is it yeah. 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020?" Because it's the same story, and you know he's getting up in age. He's 31, I believe, or about to be 31. Um, He didn't play at all last season. He played a very minimal amount the season before. Now, we're not talking, I'm not saying age is is an exclusive disqualifier a wide receiver position. We've seen some greats play for many a year. Uh, Julio Jones is someone currently who is up there in age, even older than AJ Green, who is still performing at an extremely high level. The difference is Julio Jones hasn't had a major significant injury that has kept him out for a huge amount of time. Yes, he's had a few injuries. He's missed a few games, but it's the nature of the injuries. And and as I was saying before, once you get those hamstrings, those Achilles injuries, they don't go away. Um, They're always going to be there and you have to manage that. I think AJ Green now, you have to draft him as someone who is not going to play 16 games. And if that was never your mentality going in when drafting him, you might be making an error. I think you have to draft him as someone who you're going to be lucky to get half a season out of. Now, you take AJ Green in the 12th round or 11th round based on him playing a certain amount of games and then folding is completely fine. If that's what you've baked in and done it, and I understand that logic because at that point you're picking you're picking home runs, you're picking upside. Well, if he plays eight games at this level, that's going to be better than having... Uh, you know, a, a wide receiver who is pretty meh, like um, Didi Westbrook going in a similar range, then I understand the logic of why you shoot for the moon. And if you play 16 games, you've hit a winner. If he plays eight games at a high level, you've also hit a winner. But you have to bake in the fact that he probably isn't going to play 16 games. And I think that's what you've got to think of with AJ Green now. If you've been drafting him in the sixth or seventh round, and I'm sorry, with this wide receiver class, you have to take the guys who are going to play 16 games and you have to take the guys who are going to outperform him, which will be a lot, unfortunately. And again, that is not, and that isn't disrespect to AJ Green. I think he is someone who I don't think you could probably say is a, is a hall of fame wide receiver, but I think had he been fit for the next couple of years and, and played in a few more years, I think he could have been in the conversation perennial pro bowl receiver one of the best talents of his generation i don't think any of that is is in question i look at this as a pure what is he going to give me in 2020 i'm not confident he gives you more than 
in six games. And to be perfectly honest, I don't think the Bengals do either because they're not drafting T Higgins where they have. They know that the the the, the period is short with AJ Green. Yep. And I don't think AJ Green is a Bengal beyond this year. So they're not if the Bengals are in but the Bengals aren't going to win now. They're not going to make the playoffs. So even if AJ Green is you know fit he's going to get less time anyway at the end of the season because they're going to want to see what they've got in T Higgins because that is their future going forward. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be AJ Green. This is why I could never buy the AJ Green narrative. And, you know, I hope he's okay. I hope we see him in week one. You want to see the best players, but please, please do not draft AJ Green until the double digit rounds. Just please for me, just for to restore some sanity to fantasy football. Do not draft him before the double digit rounds. So his current ADP on uh, fantasy football calculator in PPR twelve team PPR is the six oh two. No. So no. Yeah, I mean to be fair, that's probably lower than it where where it was yesterday. That's it, not the point. Well, <laughs> that's four uh, rounds too high. Four yeah, rounds too I, high. I, I I can see it. I can see drafting him if you've grabbed. Wide receiver, uh, running backs, and wide receivers early, and you're not taking tight ends or quarterbacks. I can see, like, if he's your if he's your wide receiver three, and you're banking on him possibly becoming a wide receiver two or even a wide receiver one, then I can see the upside. But now, now he's done his hamstring. I'm I'm with you. Finally. Well, no, no, I'm still I've still got loads of him, so I'm going to have to back him because I've 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 done what everyone else has done and drafted loads of him, and we almost owned him in a listener league uh, yesterday or the day before, and I thought. No, I can't do it here. I can't, I can't, this won't let me lift this one down. And then picture comes out, and I was thinking, "Whew!" And that was a, that was a saved pick. But um, we should we should have left AJ Green till last because that segues nicely onto the ADP cells. But we we have to talk about uh, Gerald McCoy Murph and uh, missing the season with a, a knee injury. I think, and this could be the last of McCoy, right? I don't know necessarily about the last of him. I you know he is someone who has an incredible record, especially at the Buccaneers, for playing. Mm. Um, this is, I think, a freak injury. Um, and I think it's one that you can't plan for. It's not one that was kind of baked in. And it, it, I don't think he'd had an ACL tear. And someone correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, but I don't remember him having an ACL tear before. And the nature of it and what he has done is... is in fact, wasn't his toy's quad? Yeah, he's, he's torn... I was just looking in front right. of me. He's torn, torn his quad. quad I mean, that is, that's not something that you do... But you try that, not that, to. <laughs> well, no, but that's that, my point is that is a that's a non-contact injury probably, yeah. and that's something that's just a freak that happens. Um, I don't know if you see him again after this. I would like to think so. I w- I still think he has a lot to offer. I think he was fairly good in in Carolina last season. Um, I got a bit of a soft spot for for Jeremy McCoy from his time in the Buccaneers. I think he's an incredible leader. Um, I think it's down to him if he wants to pack it in from here. I don't know. It's a shame, and I hope that he gets better and, and send him best regards. Um, it won't be the last contract he signs because he will sign a contract in Tampa to retire, um, even if it's one of those one-day thingies. But yeah, he, he, it's just terrible shame for, again, a, a perennial bowl, pro bowl uh, tackle. It, it would be good to see him take the field again, and maybe I misconstrued our conversation earlier about somebody retiring. I thought it was possibly him, but if maybe not. Who knows? Who knows? So, yeah, we should have finished with AJ Green and ADP cells because we've just sold him right down the river. Um, let's hope he gets out the water quick because that biscuit will get soggy and he will sink. Um, yeah, biscuit legs. We've got, we've got noodles and now we've got biscuits. I'm, I'm enjoying this one. <laughs> There's a T-shirt here somewhere. I can, I can feel it coming on. But 
let's do some ADP cells, Murph. I somehow only managed to have four in front of me on my list. I don't know how that happened. Maybe one got deleted by accident on the show doc. I don't remember who it was because it was now two weeks ago. So you've got five, I've got four. I'll have a look towards the end, but why don't you start us off? Oh, well, we got sort of 25 minutes-ish. So I'm actually going to do two, two up front because they're on the same team in a relatively similar draft position. There are two different positions, but I'm going to take care of them both because the narratives are kind of the same and I don't kind of want to have the same conversation twice. Far away. Um, so I'll start, I'll start, they're both in Tampa, um, and I'll start with Ronald Jones. He's going at the 601. And Ronald Jones played 31.2% of snaps last year, and he was competing with snaps with uh, Dare Ogumbawale and with Peyton Barber, a uh, friend of the podcast. He doesn't know it yet, but he will be. <laughs> now, you've replaced them with um, Keyshawn Vaughn, who's come out of the draft uh, with an excellent profile and with LaShawn McCoy as the veteran. Now, you can say that both those players have been upgraded, although Dare is still on the roster as well. It's another one to consider. Now, Rojo um, has been deemed the starter and will get the first down work, whatever that means, uh, that he perhaps didn't get as much of last season. But Bruce Arians has a very short leash for, for Rojo. There were a number of times where he did not pick up blocking assignments and he was yanked and that was the end of his game. And, you know, again, I go back to this. He played 31.2% of snaps last season when he had the opportunity. The other thing you've got to remember is everyone talked about, well, Ronald Jones has made this miraculous improvement from his rookie year where he was pretty awful to his second year. And I think everyone can say that he improved quite drastically. He improved quite drastically to finish as the RB25. I'm just saying, from a fantasy perspective, you improve that much and your ceiling is the RB25, maybe he gets into the RB20. Like, maybe, but I don't buy it. Like, I just don't see how he's going to increase his snap share from 31.2 up into the 60s that he's going to need to be a, a running back two or running back, you know, all right, maybe he, he needs 40% to get into the back end of the RB2 conversation and he needs to get into sort of the top 20. He probably needs to be over 50% of snaps. It's just not going to happen. Shady is going to be there to take a, a, you know, early season work. Shady's also, he's not come to Tampa to just sit here. Like he is gutted about what happened last season, not being on the Super Bowl roster for the Super Bowl. And he has a personal target. He has 900 yards to get to, I think it's uh, it's 12,000 or 16,000 rushing yards. I think it's 12,000 rushing yards uh, for his career. And he's determined to get that this season. And I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying that you've got a guy who has signed here thinking that he's got a chance to do that. And then you've got a rookie who was drafted in, in the third round. And all right, he's on the COVID protocol. I think at the beginning of the season now is pretty much a wash for him. But I think towards the end of the season, I just don't see good news towards your, your fantasy class for, for Rojo. And when you're considering that the next 10 running backs off the board are uh, Cam Akers, who looks like he's, he could win the starting job there. James White, for me, miles above Rojo. J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, I mean, you're probably not going to get much early season, but the end of the season, he could be getting more work. Um, you're talking about Mac Howard, um, Breeder, Cohen, Coleman, and uh, Michelle. All right, now he's on the putt, probably not. And Lindsay, for me, they all have potentially better outcomes than, than what Rojo does. So I just don't see his draft value at all. And then Robert Gronkowski is kind of a similar situation. Um, 
everyone expects Gronkowski's going to come out here like it's 2016. He's going to grab 70 balls. He's going to grab 800 plus yards and eight or nine touchdowns. It's not going to happen. Um, if anyone's listened to the Pete King podcast that came out yesterday, I believe, or the day before, um, or has read Pete King's column, Gronkowski is going to be the the second or third tight end here in in Tampa. And I don't mean from a uh, production standpoint. I mean from a snap percentage. I still think Grog gets touchdowns. I still think he gets work. I just don't think he's going to get those kind of numbers that puts him at the tight end six or seven in, in the range that he's being drafted. Now, if you're getting Gronk at the tight end 12 to 16 range, all day long hit the button because the upside is there. But the amount of work that Brady has been doing coaching OJ Howard, who the franchise massively believe in still, um, has been coaching him to get better at what he does. I think OJ Howard is sneaky value. I think Cameron Brayton, the red zone is potentially sneaky value. I think all three are going to kind of cannibalize each other. And I think between them, you'll probably get one tight end, but at the six eleven, just pass, just get it. You can wait a bit longer and you can get yourself a Hayden Hurst or a Tyler Higby or Mike Kaziki or Blake Jarwin or, or Eric Ebron, who I think are all got better outcomes than the Rob Gronkowski this year. Yeah, if you're drafting Gronk, you're drafting him purely on the fact that he's now playing with Tom Brady and name. That's, that's and that's it. dangerous because everyone yeah. thinks like OJ Howard is this absolute bust. But if you listen to the Peter King column and what he saw and what the videographers picked up, there's a very good relationship between OJ Howard and Tom Brady. And Tom Brady's actually been coaching OJ Howard. Like it, there's a there's a, a clip of about 40 seconds where you can hear him say, you know, open your shoulders up. Don't worry about turning around to catch the ball. The ball will be waiting for you. You just run the route. Um, and O.J. Howard says that he massively respects Tom Brady and has made him uh, a much better football player in the short time that they've been together. Yeah, and O.J. Howard's slated as one of the better ends to come out of college in recent years, athletic freak. He's a physical freak. Exactly. So he's got Gronkowski attributes. We just needed maybe he needed Tom Brady to rock into town to, to get him to work properly like you said yeah I, I you know a couple of bucks there Murph fire the cannons didn't expect it and we got it we got both barrels yes yes yeah. enjoyed that one right and my first one's T.Y. Hilton he's going at the 509 he's just been activated off the unable to perform list um, which doesn't necessarily mean he's 100% fit he has a hamstring aggravation as we've seen with well we've talked about it already on the, on the injury news hamstring aggravations aren't great in a limited preseason with a new quarterback aging wide receiver predicates his game on speed and um yeah I, I like Hilton but I think at the 509 there's other wide receivers around there uh, Sutton Diggs Parker they're all going later who offer around about the same sort of value and uh, in that you could get another running, decent running back at the 509. I, we've picked Hilton up a little uh, over the few listening leagues we've been doing recently, Murph. And yeah, I, I, I like the value, but there's a little bit of worry baked in for me. Yeah, I, I, I massively agree with that. I think what you're, what, what you're doing with Hilton, we've been taking him as our wide receiver too, in most circumstances, and sometimes even a wide receiver three. We've been getting him later than this as well, sixth, seventh. Uh, round is kind of where he he has been um and listen that you know i'm going to kind of contradict what i said about aj green here because i know <laughs> ty hilton has come off the fact that he's only played 10 games i'm baking into the opportunity cost that he plays 12 
maybe, maybe 13 games. I think that's kind of what we can expect from T.Y. Hilton. But he's partnered with, with Philip Rivers. And you know that for those games, he's going to ball out. And given in mind that the competition at the two spot is going to be between the rookie Michael Pittman Jr., who I think gets it, and Paris and Paris Campbell, who barely played last season with the array of injuries that he had. I think, yeah, I think you have to bake in that there's some risk with Hilton. I think at the price, I understand that. I think, yeah, I, I would be looking at... <laughs> I'd be looking at Sutton for sure, Diggs potentially, but I think it might be a difficult one for, for them to get on the page. I know we've been taking Diggs, but we've been taking him in the, like the eighth round. Yeah. Um, we've been getting some severe values on, on Diggs where I'm more than happy to, to take that and, and back the talent. Um, I kind of like Hilton. I think if you can get him in the sixth, I think it's better value. I think that sits nicely with me. I think you're right in the fifth. There's just a few too many sort of running back wide receiver options in there I've seen like uh, in that spot there Keenan Allen's still been on the board um, and he'd give me the choice I'd go with Keenan Allen because Keenan Allen will play even though mm. he's got the worst quarterback you know he's going to be on the field I just think you, you have to bake a little bit of uh, caution into those first five rounds I think once you get into round, round six round seven I think you can throw a bit of caution to the wind but I think you've got to be smart with it as well AJ Green I just don't think is a good bet T.Y. Hilton I think is a better bet because I know he only played 10 games, but he has a production history where he has played multiple, you know, 13, 14, 15 uh, game seasons for a long period before last season. So if, if Hilton can shake off that injury, then, you know, he might be in a better place. But yeah, yeah 100%. Um, I, I think in the fifth, a little rich, I, I don't think he's a huge slide. I think if you get him in the sixth, I, I like that a lot more. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's currently 509. Like with Keenan Allen's currently the 504. And then you've got Court and Sun, 5.12, AJ Green, 6.02, but we can swerve that one. Stefan Diggs is a 6.05, Marquise Brown, again, 6.05, Devante Parker, 6.9, and then you get to Julian Edelman at 7.02, and we talked about him last week, Murph, and that is supreme value considering what you're not going to get from TY possibly to what we know, barring injury, we're going to get from Julian Edelman. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Murphy boy, where are you at next? Uh, I'll take I'll take Mollamack here. So Marlon Mack is... I, I don't have a lot to say about Marlon Mack. I think he's a good player. He was someone before the NFL draft. I was um, in very, very early drafts. Was was taking in kind of the, the fifth, sixth round very happily in some best balls because I actually felt he had a massive opportunity with the quarterback upgrade with that offensive line. And then they go ahead and draft, I, I, I would think, the, probably the best running back in the draft in, in Jonathan Taylor. And I still think Mack is, is relevant now, when I think of fades, not, when I'm going into a fantasy draft, and this is a bit of insight into my brain, what I and I appreciate through the season you've got to pivot, you've got to take guys on the waiver wire. I think I do that reasonably well in seasons and massively flexible. But I really don't like drafting guys whose role is going to be irrelevant by the end of the season. So there's some people I just will not draft. And Marlon Mack is kind of in that for me now. I just can't ever see a reason to push the button on him. Um, unless I'm thinking I can get a few games early doors and then I'll try and pick someone else up. And I don't really like going into a season knowing I'm going to have to make a change like that so quickly. And I think that's what you're kind of getting with Marlon Mack. I think Marlon Mack is the kind of guy you're taking as uh, a running back four and a zero RB kind of, you're just taking some guys and hoping that they work. Um, But unfortunately I think Mack is massively capped from an upside and, in that seventh round onwards, that's where I'm kind of looking to capitalize on 
upside and I've kind of got my stalwarts booked. Um, so I just think Marlon Mack at that price is, is too high. I think there's better players you can take. Um, you know, we talked about uh, last week, uh, Jordan Howard was someone who I would take who is going later. Matt Breeder is another one who is going later. Well, I'll I, I tell you what I'll do then, Murph. I'll read you the current ADP of the seventh round and you can tell me whether you take that player over, uh, Marlon Mack over that player or not. Sure. So, yeah, so 702, Julian Edelman. Yeah, all day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Will Fuller. Uh, yeah, because of the upside. Yep. Evan Ingram at 704. If I'm ignoring my personal strategy, yeah, to the upside. Okay, uh, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, both of them. Definitely, definitely, yeah, all day. Uh, the next one's Drew Brees, and we can we can swerve that one because it's a little early for a quarterback unless you you're planning on picking Brees up specifically. Yep. Jordan Howard, seven oh eight. Hayden yep. Hurst, seven oh eight. Yep. Uh, Matt Breda, seven oh nine. Yep. Uh, Jarvis Landry, seven ten. All day. <laughs> Wait, he's gone down. Yeah. You were 7.08 when we did this last week. Yeah, people obviously aren't listening enough to us. Uh. Auto buy. Yeah, and then Antonio Gibson at the 7.11. Uh, yeah, I'll take him over Matt because of the upside. And then, yeah, the, the round after, you've got people like Boyd, Deontay Johnson, Tariq Cohen. Yep, all them. Um, yeah, it gets a little sketch. Marvin Jones at the 8.11. Yep. Yeah, so... My well, these only... have upside. I just think that's a, that's my only thing with, with Matt. What you're, what you're getting there is you're getting a, a short period of production yep and, and with no role at the end and, and for me that would be the only reason if you're in a league where you know there are people who buy players who have gone off in the early weeks frank reich has come out and said that marlon mack's going to be the starter i know it is the season of coach speak and, and hype and everything but if marlon mack does come out to be the starter and you grab him in the seventh as a speculative ad and you could flip him after week one because Jonathan Taylor's only had 10 touches of the ball. Marlon Mack goes off week one because I think the Colts have got the easiest run schedule as well. I think I saw a stat today. So I think yeah. if if you can flip Marlon Mack for something decent after week one, possibly week two, where Jonathan Taylor's starting to steal the role, if you can burn Mack quick because you know there's someone in your league who likes to buy the hot hand, then yeah, go ahead. Or, or to the Taylor owner who's got twitchy feet. Mm, yes. That unless, that, unless that's you because you've got him at a slight discount because Reich's now come out and said he's he's not going to start the season. But Yeah, I agree. Okay, so my next one is, uh, this is this is a typo, but I love the way it's done. It's J.K. Robbins at the 6-12. <laughs> and I think he's robbing a bit of ADP there. Now, like Jonathan Taylor, I think there's a chance Dobbins is the guy in Baltimore at the end of the season. But I think with Mark Ingram being so much of a captain on that team from what we saw last week, not only on the field, but the sidelines, I think it's going to take a little longer for J.K. Dobbins. I think it might even take the whole season. And I think you're drafting J.K. Dobbins at his absolute ceiling at the 6-12, barring, in, barring injury. Alexander Matson's currently going three rounds later. And if you're getting a handcuff, that is much, much better value. And I just think the amount of backs they've got in Baltimore, even if there is an injury to, to Mark Ingram, Dobbins isn't going to get all the work because there is so many backs. You've got Gus Edwards, uh, Justice Hill. And then, yeah, I think it's still going to be a three-headed monster if Ingram does get injured. And I just think the ceiling for Dobbins isn't as high as it's going to be next year. And I think people are a bit on the hype train with J.K. Dobbins at the moment. Unfortunately, I hate to say it. I think, I think he's around too early. I, I, I see what you're saying with Madison. I do agree. I, but the one thing is, I do see a role for Dobbins at the end of the season. So I, I, I think Dobbins going into the into the fantasy playoffs is someone who could really 
be someone of a value mm. um and i think that's the only reason so like if i'm looking at jk dobbins or or, or marla mack they're like polar opposites um so that's why i kind of i he's going too early i, I don't dispute that tail end of the seventh eighth round oh that that would interest me given what i would draft like and that's i mean i haven't got many jk dobbin shares for for that reason um but i agree i think he's won for next season more than this season but i think if you can get him at a very good price end of the seventh eighth round i'd punch the ticket because i i, I think that's when you're in the upside territory severely and i i would rather shoot for the moon with a guy like him then going back, you know, someone, uh, someone else in that range, like you've got uh, Tony Pollard, for example, Sony Michelle, th- those sorts of players, you know, give me Dobbins over, over them any day of the week and twice on Sundays. Yeah, there, mu- there must be something about J.K. Dobbins you and I possibly don't know, because I think he went for $27 in our Kings Classic auction draft on Saturday, which, um, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the results of that yet, Murph and I did pretty. We're pretty pleased with our results. Murph got an A minus, third highest score in his draft, and we did the auction together. And we feel like we spent our pennies very wisely indeed. But uh, yeah, Dobbins went for twenty seven of the two hundred dollars in that auction. That was the fastest two hours of my life. Murph and I spend pretty much all day, every day, texting each other. Um, yeah. We are basically an extension of each other at this point in our lives, and even we couldn't text fast enough to get players where we wanted them because people were just bidding left, right. It was mad. It was absolutely mad. But yeah, so maybe maybe you're right. Maybe I'm just the maybe I'm just a little bit down on the fact that Mark Ingram's still in town and my favourite running back from the class isn't going to be that great this year. Listen, Mark Ingram's a big thing. Um, he's a massive thing, and there's no Literally. getting away from that. <laughs> yeah, but the, you look at what he did last season. But yeah, I, I think, I think for me, if I'm looking at a profile of a running back I want to take in the eighth round, it, someone like J.K. Dobbins attracts me a lot more than most. Yep, but Agreed. he's too early in the sixth. Who's your next? Who, who's your next sell? Uh, I'm going to be quick on this. Emmanuel Sanders is for me at the eight twelve is, is just criminal. I, this is again just people drafting a name or they see Emmanuel Sanders and they get really really excited like, oh Emmanuel Sanders he's a great player and and no doubt that if we were in you know 2015 2016 then yeah we could we could say he probably is a great player uh, he's not now he's not really fantasy relevant um I'm just going to give you some stats on New Orleans uh, wide receiver two fantasy finishes for the last three years oh no so the wide receiver two in in New Orleans uh, last year finished 81st, uh, 81st. In 2018, it was 73rd. In uh, 2017, it was 34th. Um, this offense is, is you know, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, you know, uh, Jared Cook. Um, you'll get some Taysom Hill in there. You'll get a little bit of Latavius Murray in there. And then you've got guys like... Traquan oh, Smith. Smith. Um, you know, Ted Ginn was in this offense, didn't do a lot. This is guys. Emmanuel Sanders is a locker room guy. He's a easy guy to coach. He's an easy guy to put on the field. He's not doing much. And and like people are sitting there going like, oh, Emmanuel Sanders, he was he was good last season. Um, like, but he played seventeen games. He didn't have a bye week. Um, his his finishes in the last three seasons were sixtieth in twenty seventeen, twenty third in twenty eighteen, and he was thirtieth last season with the 17 games, you take that to his points per game basis and average that out. He was actually 44th. He's just not the player he was. <laughs> so 
at the 812, actually for me, I, I, I make this clear, I can't see a scenario where I draft Emmanuel Sanders. I, I don't think I just I've can't see him it at all. I don't think I've I got just, a single share of him. I just don't, I don't see why. I don't know what you get, like, for me, give me Daniana, Danny Amendola over Emmanuel Sanders, because at least with Daniel, uh, Danny Amendola, you've got two running back, or two wide receivers on that roster, one of Malva Jones, who is quite injury prone, um, and a second in Golladay, who has been injured. And you think, actually, if those guys go down, then Danny, Danny Amendola is going to just cream it. Like, I just can't see that path for Emmanuel Sanders. I'm sorry. I just don't, I don't get it. So he's out. Yeah, I, I feel you. And like I said, I don't, I don't have any of him. So I think we're on the same lines there. My next one. So, we, you know, we did, we did do this two years, two years ago. Crikey, that was a long time ago. We did this two weeks ago, but um, I feel like I got chatting as we always do. And we only did the buys. So my next one has slid down the list significantly since but I just still have him on here because I don't want any part of him and that's Sony Michelle at now 9-11 Murph tweeted out Michael Lombardi's tweet about him going onto the pup or Murph mentioned it and then Lombardi tweeted out about him possibly going onto the pup and it sounds Murph that he could be on there for longer than six weeks am I right uh, it could be six weeks, it could be eight weeks. Yep, so that, that's already trouble for somebody who's then going to be coming into a backfield where Lamar Miller, but then who knows what's happened to Lamar Miller because he signed up, he basically joined the Patriots walking through a corridor and then walked into a door that said pup. So I don't know what that was all about, but I think he's in there to maybe mentor Damian Harris. And then Damian Harris today comes out and says, it's great to get a full workload with the ones Um it, it's good to be a Patriot. So if he is training with the ones and let's, let's be frank, there's a chance Cam Newton could lead the Patriots in rushing yards this season. And yeah, rushing, rushing quarterbacks tend to hurt rushing running backs and, and not pass catching running backs in fantasy. So I don't want Sony Michelle at nine eleven. I don't want him at all. And I think I don't have Damien Harris in front of me, what his ADP is, but I would much rather snag him later on than touch Sony Michelle at this point. Cause let's face it, he could miss the whole season and, if you're taking him at the ninth, there's other players around that region who you're going to be able to play games with, and Sony Michelle, you might not get anything out of at all. I couldn't agree more. Just there's just no reason to draft Sony Michelle. Unfortunately, I was drafting him quite a bit um, until I thought about him getting. Until I heard he was going to play, because I just thought it's an interesting year to take a, a running back there. But now it's just too many people. Uh, James White's the only one I take now. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, my last one is really simple. It's the San Francisco 49ers defense at the 905. They're going off as the DST one. <laughs> Nine. Um, <laughs> the ninth round for a DST. Like, um, Listen, for those of you that haven't bought the book, I'm, I'm going to make this really, really simple. Um, just don't draft a DST. Um, unless you're in a league where, and I've created a league where DSTs are heavily important, um, and I still took the pay. I still took the Steelers. And keep in mind, I, I project the, the, the defense, the Steelers' defense, to score about 800 points this season because that's the way I've done the scoring um, to make them the, the the most valuable position. But even then, even though it was the highest scoring position, it's still um, structured in a way that there's tiers, and you can still get the worst one. And the difference is like 120 points across the season, which is a lot, and it's not going to happen in the league. Um, because there's no bench. So it's, it's why it's a bit quirky. But the point is, I took them in the late 12th. And in most leagues, I just won't draft a DST. There's just no need. What you want to do is you want to draft two um, players, wide receivers, or even a, a late flyer running back, or a late flyer tight end, or whatever, and buy yourself some lottery tickets. So Chris Herndon uh, over... 
the San Francisco 49ers D is, is a much better bet because one of those could yield a real value and the other one won't. Um, so unless you're in a draft where you physically have to draft a kicker or a DST, just don't draft them. Or you're in a league where the scoring is crazy and you, you should take one. Just don't take a defense. Yep, I'm going to piggyback onto that with my last selection. It's Justin Tucker, and he is currently going as the 1204. Um, like Murph said, if you need to draft a kicker, yeah, but you don't need to do it until the last round because unless you're in a league that is hugely penalized for misses, Justin Tucker doesn't miss, so therefore you can draft him, but don't take him at the 12. Wait wait until a little bit towards the end and, and get some more lottery tickets like Murph says. And if you don't need to draft one at all, don't draft one at all, but... Don't waste the pick in the 12th when, when you can get a pretty serviceable kicker three rounds later on. It, it's just madness. To, to give you an idea, again, in the book, I worked this out. The difference between the kicker one and the kicker 12 uh, is the equivalent of about, on average, somewhere between 2.4 and 2.8 points a game. And you, you think that sounds a lot. It really isn't. Actually, the point values that you're giving up between what you can get as a serviceable 12th round pick and, and not... It's just, it's just massive. So yeah, just don't draft kickers, don't draft DSTs. That's that's the lesson here. Um, if you take nothing else from this podcast, that's what you need to do. There it is. There's the lesson right at the end. Don't draft kickers or DNT, DSTs unless you're playing on NFL.com, and then I think you have to. But otherwise, yeah. But not about it. Not about it at all. That was fun. A lot of fun. Enjoyed this. Got a special guest coming on later this week, so stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and look forward to talking later in the week next week and, and every week until the season starts absolutely big man right if I could borrow that massive blue book just over your right shoulder that would be absolutely perfect you can give that to me later on with the guest episode no don't lean for it you'll fall over Rush Nation <laughs> this has been a blast as always but until later on in the week stay safe and don't forget keep rushing a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.